Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk all things customer perceived value, growing it, making it, inventing it, delivering it, selling it, pricing it. Today, I am thrilled to have Tom Brady, not that Tom Brady, and, and more important Tom Brady now, uh, uh, who is a Flow Pharma. Tom, welcome. Well, Mark, great. What a warm introduction. I am speaking to you from my home in Southern California. And we, it is the home of where Flow Pharma started uh, about, I would say 2009, we really got rolling with some great support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. There's a name dropping yeah. event. But they, they found that our research and inquiry into um, the, the, the mystery of um, pharmaceutical drug discovery and basically a mathematical approach to unlocking the secrets of um, what constitutes an antigen, something that doesn't belong in your body. How do we pick that grain of sand out of the ocean and isolate it as a cancer tumor before it grows uh, to being a real threat and um, uh, a lethal problem for patients. Um, our founder and CEO and AI team have refined this method of targeting cancer cells and antigens and um, looking at these structures from a, a mathematical, um, through a mathematical lens. And yeah. so thanks, thanks to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and our, and their research team that was, from uh, Seattle, it was uh, set up in Santa Monica, California, called Microsoft Research. And that group, who had gone to school with our CEO at Stanford Med School, um, took a great interest in our work and gave us a million dollars just to study HIV and the uh, notion of uh, structures that would lead us to unlocking the mystery of, of selecting targets. Yeah. Um, so selecting targets, especially with cancer, correct me where, where I've gone wrong because I have no medical training, but to me, cancer is a disorder of the immune system because cells are mutating all the time in your body. It's just that when one mutates that the immune system doesn't catch that you start getting the problems, right? Uh, your body catches them all the time. And Luckily for us, most of the time when one of these cells mutates, it doesn't just change inside, it changes on its surface. And there's features on the surface that are unique to cancer cells that don't exist in normal cells. And those features are the antigens. That's right. These are called APCs or antigen presenting cells. And the body has a way of going through every day, detecting what is a normal uh, process what is a normal cell and what is unfamiliar to the body and the brain sends out 
messages while we're sleeping to go up and be the trash collector and remove those cells um, automatically. However, um, there are some uh, there are viruses or bacteria that enter the body and the, the immune system automatically is programmed to go out and destroy those foreign entities. Um, what we've done at Flow Pharma is taken a, um, an approach whereby we um, select a target and then uh, go out and uh, identify it. And then uh, almost like training a, an army of soldiers to only focus on that one aberration, that one APC that doesn't belong in the body. So we've demonstrated that in thousands of animal experiments, um, injecting our formulation. It's a dry powder peptide. And for this reason, the Defense Department contacted us and said, we have an Ebola problem. We would like Flow Pharma to use its um, unique um, detection method and isolate some of, some of the Ebola targets. So we have been able to do that and we conducted a mouse experiment and we were able to provide uh, protection in the animals, and then we uh, reintroduced the uh, technique again in uh, a later uh, study using non-human primates. And most people have, have heard the term rhesus macaque. There's a, a very high demand for rhesus macaque as a result of COVID-19 research. So there may uh, we're witnessing a shortage of rhesus macaques around the world at this moment. Wow. So the idea is you've got a dry powder and it's not just, you don't make one dry powder. You have the capability of making a dry powder formulation, each dry powder of which mimics one of these antigen producing bodies, uh, right? One of the targets. So it's a dry powder of the target or very nearly the purified target. Yes. Um, and so then the question is, how long does it take? How hard is it for you to tune the machine to start churning out a fresh powder for a new target of interest? I would say once the AI team determines the target, manufacturing is can be completed in less than 30 days, which is quite remarkable. Um I would I would back up and, and provide a little more context. Please, um, yeah. Because we use T cells to um, interact and and help uh, activate the body's natural immune system, and they and we cause a T cell expansion, which is a replication of these T cells into the millions. We that that can take place by using the body's own immune system. Uh, and because T cells have been taught to recognize and fight cancer, there's there's a much lower chance of cancer returning. So it's um, it's a much safer uh, method than just using blanket uh, chemotherapy that attacks all organ systems and has a, a number of side effects. Uh, we believe this will provide uh, much better patient care, less side effects, and ultimate ultimately be much more effective. So this sounds really cool. And uh, full disclosure for everybody, I am not yet an investor in Flow Pharma, but I'm really taking a look at it because I'm so excited about the, the 
the stuff. Get a hold of Tom. Uh, I think there are securities laws governing how much you can talk about on a podcast, but we'll ask people how to get a hold of you to learn more. I appreciate that, Mark. Uh, the SEC allows uh, us to present to accredited investors. If anyone is interested in this presentation, you can always drop me an email to uh, tbrady at flowpharma.com and our investment bank can send out some materials. But here I'm really, I'm interested in having a discussion because this is really a breakthrough technology. We're marrying the power of artificial intelligence with manufacturing and uh, with the added advantage of using a dry powder. We don't have any cold chain logistical requirements. Um, this is shelf stable medicine. The formulation we pr produce looks like salt. It looks like a dry powder in a jar. And I have uh, a sample of it that I'll, I'll pick up and put on my desk and hold up. This is a, a Lucite Memorial of some work we did for the Defense Department. And you'll notice it says Flow Pharma um, Barnberg vaccine. This is a, a solution that we, we created for the DOD because Marburg is a weaponized version of Ebola that the um, bad actors in, in the former Soviet Union have in storage and they've had it for more since the 1980s. This is a terrible uh, bioterror weapon that causes people to die of asphyxiation in a matter of seconds. So it's, uh, we, we developed this dry powder solution by working with the Galveston National Lab, testing this on non-human primates. And the Defense Department asked us to expose the non-human primates, these rhesus macaques, to a level of 100 times lethal doses. And they wanted us to see if at that level, at that high concentration, could we protect the animal? Well, the answer was no. So we're gonna back down to 50 times lethal dose, and then we'll back it down some more till we know exactly what at what strength can we protect the animal. And um, because you because of the um, result of the Nuremberg trial, the world uh, uh, accepted the concept that we would never test lethal. Uh, poisons against the human population. That would be uh, unacceptable. So what we do is we test these dangerous um, formulations on animals first, and, th and then we get inside of a safety zone. And so hopefully we'll know within the next few months, uh, based on funding from the Department of Defense, at which level we can provide protection for these, for these animals, and then make the medicine available to the DOD. Right yeah. now, there's no dry powder solution available. And this is uh, a highly desirable attribute of our company. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, let's not gloss over that. Dry powder sounds cool, but what it means is you said no cold chain, right? We just went through uh, a global pandemic, part of which had the challenge of a vaccine that had to be cold stored and as soon as you brought it up to temperature, there was some small number of hours of viability. So it has Absolutely. to be shipped to your local Walgreens. They can defrost it. They can defrost that day's worth and that's it. And, that's correct. And, and you probably read many articles about the millions of doses that were wasted because they were exposed to room temperature 
and they had expired in their effectiveness. Uh, so that is a problem of a class of medicines that are known as mRNA produced vaccines, very limited shelf life. And this is a problem for anybody outside of the, what we would consider the, the first world. Uh, yeah. so you aren't going to see this medicine surviving in uh, subterranean or tropical environments. There's just no way it yeah. can be delivered. So you have the, and you're also, so that dry powder means shelf stable, easy to transport. So there's, um, and so for the Department of Defense, being able to just have a bunch of powder in theater, uh, ready to ready to deploy, but not needing to have a, a refrigerated truck slash target um, watching that. I mean, if I was if I was about to attack somebody with Marburg, I would look for all the refrigerated storage shoot those first and then launch my poison canisters, right? You can't, you can hide this, you can store this much more safely, much more easily, much more surreptitiously, much more broadly in a much more, much more distributed fashion because it's shelf stable. So- That's right. The Colonel described this, he asked the question, Reed and Tom, can you store this in a backpack so that uh, the soldiers can de be deployed within the same day? And the answer is yes. So for the national stockpile, this is an ideal solution. Imagine a stockpile in Maryland or Virginia within 30 minutes of a Air Force runway. This, this medicine could be easily deployed and in theater within uh, the same day. Wow. Um, so great stuff for the D Department of Defense, for those of us civilians who and especially here in the first world who could live with that, there's still some other advantages. One is the, you know, where mRNA can, you're, you're feeding and building the, the particle, the molecule that you're, basically it's a molecule that trains the immune system to fight any cells containing that molecule. Yeah, we call it a, a dry powder peptide. It measures, uh, I, I'll keep that uh, intellectual property a secret, but it's a, it's a, it's a specific size uh, wrapped in a microsphere and it comes in, let's say, a, a variation of six different um, genotypes so that we can cover and offer protection to the entire world. Because as you know, as we move from the United North America to Asia to Europe to Africa, we have different um, genotypes, and we have to account for the variation within the human gene pool. So, when we prepare this medicine, we will have at least six different formulations in a population of microspheres, so that we have um, close to a hundred percent coverage. And wow. I thought that was pretty brilliant on the part of the scientific team to be able to account for variations uh, such as we have what's called AO2 population, and that would be uh, representative of, uh, let's say, women from North America, but the European uh, genotype would be, would be different. So we want to be able to account for all the variations and provide protection when it comes to infectious disease, and we want to provide 
um, the therapeutic qualities as the, they relate to cancer therapy or specifically breast cancer, where we're starting. Yeah. Now your training, you said you're training or you're, you're using AI to study a disease and then find the peptide that, that you need to produce and put into these microspheres. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about that and the distinctiveness of the, your AI in terms of uh, peptide learning and and well, uh, a lot of this has to do with how does the uh, structure fold on itself. There's this alpha fold technology that we use, and we know that it has binding properties um, with other cells uh, in, in the body and how we interact at, at the surface to um, connect with the uh, antigen because once we once we bond to that antigen we can we can create a um, large uh, large distribution of t cells in the body and activate them and start um, really programming them to go after just one one target and and that that is a unique feature of flow pharma being able to zero in on one antigen presenting cell. So we don't have collateral damage. We don't have, um, uh, you know, damage to the pancreas or damage to joints uh, or unexplained um, uh, headaches and uh, other side effects that you see in, in, in other, other therapies. And so I think we'll be able to convince the medical community that this is a safe and um, a new generation of uh, cancer therapy in conjunction with chemotherapy. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about business and sales and your business strategy. And you sure. and I talked about this a little bit before. You you made it clear to me that you know you've you've talked about testing the molecule on uh, non-human primates on the rhesus macaque, but the production of the molecule itself happens has happened without any animal. I mean, there's no there's no stem cells. There's no um, there's no human cells. There was no nothing in no animals were killed or harmed in the making of this. And that's kind of a big deal as in some parts of the world more than others. And so that differentiation turned into a huge business opportunity for you, as I understand it. Uh, Mark, I'm so glad you mentioned that. This is a synthetic peptide, which means we use dry uh, chemistry um, in the laboratory and the arrangement and, and order in which we assemble these uh, amino acid chains. They're short peptides, uh, no, usually eight, nine, 10 in, in length uh, amino acids. We use very short amino acid chains, usually in eight to uh, or eight and uh, nine MERS are popular, nine amino acid uh, cells in length. And we uh, build this out of complete synthetic chemistry. Um, there's a few adjuvants that are added that uh, spark and kick off the immune system. And these are all used in approved products already. So the FDA has seen the... Um, toll-like receptors that are added to our chemistry to make this work. Um, and we don't 
have any animal product whatsoever. Uh, you've heard of insulin being created from beef cells or pig cells. We don't have any of that in, in our formulations. And for that reason, when we arrived in the Middle East and we described our purely 100% synthetic process, our customer said, you know, by definition, uh, you meet a 100% halal uh, compliance. We never thought of that. We never thought that that would be a market differentiator for us. But that was extremely important to 2 billion Muslims who uh, follow the halal guidelines for uh, food and now medicine. And so if they have a choice over one drug that is made with animal cells versus one that is made from pure uh, synthetic chemistry with no animal cells, we will have a distinct advantage. And uh, again, our market size is, is rather uh, compelling and, and a great opportunity for us. It's a huge opportunity for us to service 45 uh, countries that are on our uh, uh, discussion list uh, for negotiation right now. So when you're planning for a, a flu vaccine, one, one booster, uh, a single, single dose, uh, that is very appealing to be able to uh, service that population of 2 billion Muslims in 45 countries that are on the table right now. So that we had no idea we had walk into such a desirable position in terms of uh, marketing. Yeah. And you, I mean, uh, the same drugs that we want to take world, around the world, the flu vaccine, for instance, um, 2 billion people want one with no animal um, byproducts at all. Byproducts. Uh, you also had mentioned to me that in certain parts of the Arab world, there are certain diseases that are crazy frequent. Um, Right. We don't see we don't see camel borne diseases in the United States at the at the we just don't see that because culturally we don't we didn't use camels we used horses for our expansion westward expansion from the 1800s forward as uh, populations migrated to the west coast but in Saudi Arabia there's a tradition for thousands of years of using the camel to, for transportation shelter and and in some kind, sometimes uh, as a food supply. So this is a car carrier of some diseases that we just don't see in the US or, or what, European Western world. Uh, what we have seen are some pulmonary diseases. Uh, one is called MERS, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. And um, it's of great concern to people living in the area. Even, because um, it's highly contagious and it's lethal. So there was a group at Oxford who was working on this problem a few years ago. I'd say they started in 2018 and the results were mixed. So there may be an opportunity for us to address that problem in the future. But right now we are, we've prioritized um, breast cancer therapy because breast cancer in, in Saudi Arabia as of 2023, is 350% higher in incidence among women compared to the United States. And that is a shocking national health priority. They, this is something that has uh, been recognized over the last 10 years. And um, prior, in the 1970s, we, th this problem was not documented. 
I don't know how far back we started to see the spike and increase over the U.S. running average, but as of this year, uh, breast cancer has become one of the most serious diseases in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East. So, so yeah, I mean, really compelling, really valuable, and I, I feel kind of bad just glossing over it, but let's kind of review here, right? You've got a differentiated platform for discovering uh, disease antigens and creating and printing and synthesizing a peptide that will teach the body. And so you, and it's in dry powder, which has these advantages that you said into um, second and third world countries and uh, first world militaries. Yeah, I should give some credit where credit is due. We were very fortunate to meet former governor of Texas, um, who introduced us to Lockheed Martin. And because of that, we were working at Texas A&M uh, for a period. And we, we were asked to present our capabilities. And we had a uh, engineering requirement to produce a million doses of dry powder within our facility. And we wanted to do that um, under GLP uh, manufacturing standards. So we needed to turn to the jet engine maker because they had a process through which they would uh, have a long column of air. Um, and that re that reflected our manufacturing system very uh, close in parallel. So we basically took our chemistry and as it fell towards the earth using gravity, it was wrapped in a biodegradable ball of uh, PLGA, um, uh, and that was the plastic coating that uh, in the most implanted, implantable suture, the most implanted uh, device in the human body, implantable suture that is safe. And it prov provided that protective coating um, over a period of several days that would make our medicine uh, withstand uh, the digestive system and, and it could introduce our medicine very easily through injection into the body. So thanks to Lockheed Martin, we were able to rapidly scale up this drying process in a column, let's say might measure 12 feet, but as this dry powder chemistry was forced through a high pressure nozzle in a uniform pattern, we were able to wrap each of these six let's say different populations of peptide uh, uniformly and in a high quality, precise manner. So thanks to Lockheed Martin and their engineering group in Dallas, Texas, we were able to complete this uh, process and scale up our manufacturing to a million doses a month. And then uh, that allowed us to produce all of the cancer therapeutics that we need for all of Saudi Arabia for the next two years in our in our own facility in Ohio. So thank you, Lockheed Martin. Fantastic. So now you've got a, you know, it would be really nice to just uh, go into United States and start fighting the chemo, you know, start competing against the chemo companies, but you were wiser than that. You found these areas where your differentiation made you well, the, the only or the best, option, right? Right. 
um, we, you may you may say that there's a collaboration opportunity with Keytruda, which is manufactured by Merck. It has 19 indications for for different cancers. They are the gorilla in the room, as it were, for chemotherapy. And uh, Merck invests two to three billion dollars a year just in R and D. So they seem to us to be a natural. Um, uh, collaborator with us. And I think that uh, the opportunity to present our uh, Flovax breast cancer uh, therapeutic with Keytruda would be an ideal combination therapy. You often hear the term combination therapy. So there, there is an opportunity for us to partner with this uh, leading cancer therapeutic drug and see if we can make a better impact with patient outcomes um, and work with our uh, researchers at the Cleveland Clinic, we, we deal with uh, Dr. Julie Lang, who is head of the breast cancer research department for the Cleveland Clinic. And when she, she toured our facility in, in Cleveland, Ohio uh, with her, her staff, and she saw our manufacturing process, she saw our T-cell approach to shrinking tumors and, and she met with our CEO, Reed Rupsiman, um, and they decided that they would be, we could form a, a very useful uh, study group and look for an opportunity to take care of breast, triple negative breast cancer patients who are already coming into the Cleveland Clinic and are already coming into King Faisal Hospital in Saudi Arabia. So we've evolved and become highly focused on developing a clinical trial for 100 women. Imagine we don't have any recruiting to do. These women are already coming to the clinic looking for solutions. So um, we're very fortunate to be at the right place at the right time with a, a, a dry powder that we can partner with Keytruda and um, see, see uh, cooperate with the cancer surgeons and and kick off a clinical trial for a hundred women and, and, and study those results. So that's, that's what's in our future. And we're very excited about that prospect. Yeah. You know, I'm something I'm, safer. I, I love everything you said, except um, I'm going to push back a little bit on the very fortunate. Yeah. It's, it is a, it is a very fortunate thing that this has happened, but you did it because you listened for opportunities, the opportunity to see dry powders and shelf stable things with the military. You listened to you, somebody, you put yourself in a position to listen to some folks in Saudi Arabia telling you what a huge thing the non-animal sourced um, molecule was, and then the wisdom to respond to that. Oh, thank um, you. And so there's there was some luck involved, but I think the wisdom and the humility to listen and to... Uh, decide to pivot in a really promising direction isn't that's not luck well i appreciate your comments mark um we did have to establish credibility first oh absolutely and show you know with 10 issued patents 10 scientific published papers that yes there's a way to detect antigens there's a way to package the dry powder formulations there's a way to uh, account for different variations within the human gene pool. There's a way to deliver this medicine so that it has a, a long release time, maybe up to seven days versus 
24 hours for infectious disease applications. And then there's an opportunity to um, partner, piggyback uh, with Keytruda, who is the dominant chemotherapy for 19 indications right now. So if, if we're focused on triple negative breast cancer, um, we, we will take that to the next stage. The one part of the story that I failed to mention was we did supply the Australian government with a clinical trial review and protocol for COVID-19 because we did uh, witness in rhesus macaque, in a rhesus macaque population, positive uh, response and protection of the lungs within these animals when we uh, get, provided our COVID-19 vaccine, which we also consider a therapy to deal with long COVID. And still in the United States, if you look at the literature, there's still at least 30% of Americans suffering from long COVID. And what we want to do is um, demonstrate that this uh, COVID vaccine that we have, not an mRNA vaccine, but a dry powder peptide vaccine, can be effective in protecting the lungs and uh, providing a solution by killing the virus which is inside the cell. It's not on the surface of the, the spike protein is on the outside of uh, the SARS-2, yeah. SARS-CoV. Um, but we go after the nucleocapsid, which is on the inside of the cell. So uh, the reason we were successful is because we kill the nucleocapsid. We don't chase the the highly uh, random and uh, my, uh, transitory uh, spike protein. That that's changing too often. And so what, one of the facts that uh, our audience needs to appreciate is that we were able to zero in on the nucleocapsid and kill it the first time. And, and that was successfully demonstrated in the rhesus macaque populations. So given this history of, uh, you know, one shot using an arrow, not, not a shotgun blast, but using an arrow and nailing the uh, antigen cell, antigen presenting cell and the source going after the source was very important, not going after the variations and all the mutations. See, that's the problem. Big Pharma wants to sell another uh, yeah. version of a COVID-19 because the spike protein is changing. Well, if you if you attack the conserved areas of the virus and, and you focus on those areas that don't change, then you can be successful. And we were able to do that, demonstrate that. And I have a, lots of scientific papers that people can read if they're curious about that. Uh, and just the three or four conserved areas that we detected and destroyed uh, with our vaccine that would that provided uh, protection. So, so, man, are we talking about value, value, value? Right, that the better outcome for all kinds of people, all kinds of different populations, uh, all kinds of different scenarios, all kinds of different diseases. I'm really thrilled that we met. <laughs> uh, thrilled uh, that we're able to talk, and really looking forward to having more conversations with you. Uh, offline in the future and and to keeping keeping track with with flow pharma i appreciate that we we have this little deck that we'd be happy to send anybody who's uh curious and want to learn some more about us but mark it's been a pleasure uh diving into our world and and what we want to do for humanity we want to do well and do good and um and save a lot of lives that's very important to us at age 62 this is the most important thing i've ever worked on in my whole life so thank you for that.
Oh man, and thanks for thanks for making it and thanks for sharing with us. And thanks everybody for listening in on this thrilling episode, for, at least for me, uh, of the Value Clarity Podcast, where we remind you that value only exists in somebody else's mind, which means that sales, business, life, pharmaceuticals is a lot more like brain surgery than you originally thought. Thanks and have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value blue. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.